Nice. Well, it's a great day, and this is a great way for us to spend it together as the Christ Journey family and all of our friends right here in South Florida, Gables Campus, Kendall Campus, or maybe you're joining us through Church Online across the nation, around the world. We greet you on this day and ask God's blessing for you. Now, one of the great American movies of all time offers this timeless phrase. You recognize it? There's no place like home. Dorothy Toto and her three amazing friends have just shared this fantastic journey uh, to the Emerald City, yet alas, their dreams would not find fulfillment there. I mean, the adventures um, of the Yellow Brick Road were exciting, but still not enough to meet the longing to fill the deep yearning in Dorothy's heart for good old Kansas. I mean, even FaceTime with the wonderful wizard himself isn't enough to fill the aching need of her heart. That longing would be immortalized in these words. You know them, don't you? There's no place like home. And we're still longing today, aren't we? For that place where we are known, where we are loved, where we're celebrated. And sometimes we get glimpses of it, but then when it doesn't happen, we, uh, we feel lonely, we feel isolated, we feel cheated somehow. And we imagine that it's happening for others, and we wonder what that's like. And we long for it ourselves. So the thought of home isn't always a happy one. You know, sometimes a counselor or an instructor will say, oh, go to your happy place. You know, that place in your mind, your happy place. But for many, it isn't Home, the thought of home, isn't that happy place. Sometimes the thought of home means feelings of being hurt or overwhelmed or mistreated or exhausted, not always happy. So I want to say this, you know, Christ's Journey Church, we are not unaware of the world in which we live, but our desire as a church family is to be your family's best friend. We want to be la familia por tu familia. You know, the family for your family. Every home needs a home away from home. Would you agree? Well, we want to be that family for you. Our church would like to apply for that position in your heart and in your life. Now, it's not that we don't have our issues. We, we got our issues. But um, we believe that we can help make home a, uh, a place to be growing in heart, in openness, in maturing, and in enjoyment. I put those side by side. I'm telling you, this is what the new series is about for this brand new year. Wherever you are in your family experience, we are in your corner. And we get that this kind of world, that in, this, in our world, there's no such thing as a perfect family. No such thing as perfect people, no such thing as a perfect pastor or a perfect church. Uh, but we like what one of our volunteers said one time. We're not a perfect church, but we are unique in an exceptional way. Thank you, Tom Poole. And we'd like to bring that uniqueness into your quest for a happier family life. Here's what we do as a church family. We help couples build stronger, healthier marriages. This is in our heart. We help parents raise healthy, happy children. And as Pastor Ryan says, you know, if it takes a village, then we are the village of the Spirit. 
And here's what I'd like for you to know. We believe your family is worth giving intentional priority. We affirm, does this sound important? As the United States Declaration of Independence says, that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In this series, we are pursuing happier home lives. And we know it takes work, but we believe your family is worth the work. Did you know, in fact, that God gives the family such priority that three of the Ten Commandments protect relationships at home? And our home lives need protecting, don't they? Because on the road home for us, just like for Dorothy and her friends, the road home is full of danger, distraction, and detours. Now, her family, her family was not typical in the traditional sense of the word, of nuclear family. In fact, it's unclear in the movie The Wizard of Oz what biological relationships were really there in Kansas. I mean, Auntie M, of course, is there, but uh, who are those others? Well, home life these days isn't typical either. I mean, if there ever was a typical. Uh, some years ago, I was part of a task force charged with studying all the families in the Bible for the state convention. And, uh, and so we did a study of all the, the families in the Bible to uh, bring, you know what we discovered there? We discovered that though the Bible gives a model for a family life, that when you pour every family from the Bible through the model, virtually every family has come up short in some way. Virtually every family reflects some level of dysfunction, of challenge, of uh, trouble. There are no perfect families in the Bible. That's what we discovered. Not even Jesus' family. And yet, in the midst of the challenge in the face of changing culture over time, the Bible lifts up some timeless principles for our benefit that can bring hope and healing for our homes and, hopefully, a happier family life to yours. No family is perfect. But listen, each one, we believe, can be unique in an exceptional way. And so what we want to do is begin our new year with a new series by bringing those principles to life in our home life. Why? Because your family's worth it. Because your home is worth giving priority to. And we want to start this series with four there's no place like home principles for your home life. First one is this. Home is a place of the heart. Home is a place of the heart. Just like your heart is central to your body's health and life, so your home is central to your personal family. And your personal life. The Bible makes it very clear. At home, we strengthen the heart. And so we give it priority. The uh, first divine institution in the Bible, the first divine institution on earth, was marriage of a man and a woman who then, from that marriage, would bring forth children. And then the book of Exodus, that's Genesis 1 and 2. Now the book of Exodus, and, and when God writes the Ten Commandments in his own hand in stone, three of them guard family life. Number five, the parent and child relationship. Number seven, the marriage relationship. And then number 10, guards the family experience as a whole. What are they? 
honor your father and your mother, don't commit adultery, and then stay away from coveting the desires that would do damage to family life. The key text in the New Testament, we flip over to the New Testament letters, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, where he challenges first husbands and fathers. And you know what he tells us to do, what he's challenging us to do? Lay our lives down. Dad, husband, you are to die for your wife, for your family. And then be kind to your kids. That's, he makes it very specific there. And then wives and mothers, in response to that kind of sacrificial love, are to respond with loving respect, with the quality of submission that honors your husband and also honors his role as the father of your children. And then kids, show cooperation as you learn to do what's right. So every person, here's a snapshot. It's not detailed, but every person has a part in, and a responsibility in making home life a positive experience in Christ. Now, what I'm thinking is that it's not unusual for people in our culture to do continuing education projects, you know, to improve our standing or improve our approach in life, in, in work, in finance, in social, in social relation, relating, in professional relationships, right? So what do we do? We, we read books, we attend seminars, we take webinars, we, uh, we spend money, sometimes lots of money, on how to improve our presentation to the world or our, um, our golf swing or how to maximize our investments financially, and con continuing education is valued there. Well, you know what it means? Making your family a place of the heart means doing continuing education to improve your relationships at home. So we learn how to listen. We learn how to love more effectively. And experience tells me this, if you don't make it an intentional priority, if I don't make it an intentional priority, it doesn't happen. In fact, that's what we were doing on our time off over Christmas and New Year's. We were intentionally prioritizing family quality time together. So what can you do now? What are you doing now that can strengthen the heart of your home? And in four letters, I just mentioned the word, T-I-M-E, time. Time. I'm going to offer one nail in this talk, and we're going to hit it four times, and here's the nail. Make time to take time. Make time to take time to bring more heart to your home. And to do that, you've got to be intentional about, uh, you've got, you got to do it on purpose. You've got to make time to take time. It won't happen if you don't. It won't happen if you don't plan it. So you got to plan time together. you got to plan together time. You could have breakfast together. You can take time at breakfast to share a verse or a prayer. You can, uh, dinner time was always a special time. When my girls were growing up, we worked hard. I had to be out some nights, but it was not during dinner time. We would have dinner together, and then if I had to go back out and get, get to more work, then we'd do that. But you make time to uh, take time with your family. And what do we do at dinner time? Well, every part of the family, every member, gets a chance to share a story from their day. You can share a high, you can share a low, and then we listen into each other's stories. You can have time at bedtime. That was always another time that we tried to build into the margin, some personal, private moments together with a prayer of blessing. 
But when it comes to strengthening the heart, what I'm trying to say is there's no place like home for doing it, but to make it happen, you got to make time to take time. Principle number two, home is a place of openness. We cultivate openness at home. Strengthen your heart and then cultivate openness. The Bible verse here is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Speak the truth in love. And home is where that starts. Honest communication, vulnerability, sharing not just information, but emotional connection. That's what you're looking for. So you want to share affection and you want to give attention in a way that builds emotional connection. What the circulatory system is to the physical body, so communication is to the life of relationships. It is vital for health. And home is a place where, it's, where we learn how to do it. We learn how to talk. We learn how to listen. We learn how to share our feelings. We learn how to speak each other's languages. We learn how to manage and and manage anger and resolve conflict. It's at home that we learn how to say, I'm sorry, and then experience the, the awesome power of forgiveness. See, those things happened on my break this Christmas and New Year's as well. In our family time together, this is what we do. We, at home, we develop teachability. We develop sensitivity. We develop vulnerability to let other people in. I mean, that's what openness, the definition of openness does. It, it lets other people in. You ever heard the parable of the crab? There's a certain variety of crab that uh, it grows only by pressing its way out of its shell. And then having shed that shell, it rises into a subsequent shell, right? From within. Only the rub is this. That the sad irony of the story is that with each successive shell, it becomes harder than the one before. To the point that it becomes so hard, ultimately, that the crab within can't escape its own shell and dies trapped inside its own hardness. You know the moral of that story? The crabbier you get, the deader you are. Home is the place where we learn to practice openness and we come out of our shells and we leave the hardness behind and that's what we're supposed to do with the time that we share we make time to take time and then in the time that we're taking what do we do well we take the time for each other to be open to each other now there's the second slam on the same nail we take time for each other to develop openness to each other. How can you do that? Well, some of the ways we do it at our house. You know, we play games, we listen to music, you do homework, you can watch your favorite shows, you can, I mean, everything. Share your favorite meals and the stories that go with them. Everything becomes an opportunity to get to know one another better as we open our minds and our lives and our hearts and our souls to one another. And there's no place like home for doing that. Heart openness. And you know what happens? <laughs> As we're doing that, we grow. Principle number three, there's no place like home for maturing. Luke's gospel tells us this, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, 
Favor with God, favor with man. Jesus grew at home mentally, physically, spiritually, and relationally, just like our kids do, just like my grandsons do. <laughs> West and our new little cedar, just watching them grow before our very eyes. That's, and, and watching children grow and children growing is part of the journey. But children aren't the only ones that grow at home. Grown-ups do too. I mean, Luke shows us how Mary and Joseph grew in their journey as parents. Now, in our lives, children grow as values are taught and then also caught. They pick them up from the way we live. And then they learn right from wrong. Our church joins that journey through what we call thinking orange by giving tools, working with parents, partnering with parents, to provide tools so that they can help their own children make wise choices in life. Home is where we discover the importance of honesty and honor, where we, uh, where we experience the personal pride of a job well done. Home is where we develop self-esteem by being loved unconditionally. And then we learn how to develop self-respect by applying our own gifts and our own skills to make a difference in somebody else's life. We use what we can do to help somebody else. And self-respect comes. Home is where we build faith. It's where we follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And as I already mentioned, children aren't the only ones who grow up at home. Grown-ups, adults, grow up at home too. See, growth involves change. And home is the nest for change. And as our children grow through their various ages and stages of life, you know what happens? Grown-ups grow too, through the stages of adult life. Adolescence has been noted to be that transition from childhood into adulthood. And somebody said adolescence, that valley of transition, offers something painful for everybody in the family. Maybe you can relate to that. John Claypool says if adolescence is the most intense of life's stages, then adulthood is the most demanding. You know, it's like going up the down mountain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a long-haul process that involves many simultaneous changes, many changes in key areas of life, and they're all happening simultaneous. It made me think of juggling. You know, like how, and, and this is part of adult juggling, isn't it? Where you, you, your most, your very significant other relationships, that's one of the very significant things that you've got to keep alive and going. And then you add to that your vocation and your career and the demands of achieving and producing. And then you add to that um, the pressure of defining your identity and clarifying your own selfhood. How do you define meaning in life? How do you make sense of it all? And we got these things all going around. This is adulthood, isn't it? And then about the time that you got, you think you got it going on, then guess what? Aging starts creeping in. And that's another wrinkle to complicate. And your senior years, what they say is our focus turns from doing to more being. And sometimes in a culture like ours where identity is based on doing, that can be a difficult transition as well. But here's my point. My point is maturing is a lifelong process, and there's no place like home for it to happen. Have you identified your stage in life right now? How about those that are making the journey with you? 
You know, where would you say they are in the journey? And then, you know what? As you spend time together, that's something else you can do. You can identify where are you and where are you going and what's the next stop on this this journey that you're all making together. And then as we listen to one another, we can share perspectives that enlarge everybody's understanding and bring us closer to the heart in openness because we're growing, we are maturing. And part of what we do as we make time to take time is that we identify meaningful ways to engender that conversation. For us, a lot of those kind of conversations happen in the kitchen. Uh, Some of them happen over puzzles or a domino table or, or drive time. You know, how many significant conversations take place when we're all together and driving, and then uh, sharing family stories or looking at photo albums. We've done that once again as well. And listen, there's no place like home when it comes to strengthening heart, to cultivating openness, and to maturing through the stages of life. But it doesn't just happen. I mean, to happen well, you must intentionally give it priority. Here's the one point. Make time to take time together. And as your church, we're here to help. That's what we want to be. We want to be a best friend for your family. And so we provide tools. We've got workshops. We've got books. We have uh, opportunities in classes and groups and support. We, our family ministry is providing a prayer calendar for parents that you can use every day of the month, this month, as uh, inviting a blessing from one of God's promises for your children's lives. You can find those in our message notes today. And then as we anticipate the spring, we have uh, Breathe for Women in our women's ministry. We have Base Camp for Men. We have uh, Family Ministries providing workshops. We've got Uh, couples strengthening opportunities coming up through Married You Live. All of these things are being provided through your church family because we want to be a best friend for your family. And in all of it, our goal is enjoyment. I mentioned the pursuit of happiness. Enjoyment. That's the final principle today. Home is a place for enjoyment. Genuine, authentic joy. One Bible concordance lists 287 references to joy in the New Testament letters. What I'm saying is, I mean, words like this, gladness, laughter, rejoicing, the new covenant family of Jesus that he envisioned is a family of joy. Following Christ is a journey of joy. Jesus said, I came that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. The journey of joy. Another reference uh, in that key family passage in the letter to the Ephesians, Paul says this, the environment of parent, child, father, mother comes with a promise. Family comes with a promise of life going well. And then he says that you might enjoy long life. God wants us to enjoy, find joy in obeying his commands in our family. But you got to make time to take time for joy.
So what I'm thinking is maybe some questions have been uh, racing through your mind like those rabbits that we tend to chase from time to time during the talk. Like this, how much time do I really have? Come on, Bill. You know, how much, how much time can I really give? Maybe another one, how can I make more time when it seems like so much is already taken away to take time for my family? Maybe um, you wondered, how, how much openness, really, do we want our children to be sharing with us and us with them at this point in their journey? And I can just see some of the gears meshing here. How am I growing and encouraging those that I'm making the journey with? Here's the point. I, don't, I really don't have answers to those questions, but here's what I know. Um, if we don't intentionally make this a priority, if you don't, then it tends not to happen, does it? Maybe you're thinking, well, I'm just so busy, Bill. Okay, well, then you'll appreciate this. Most busy people, busy people make time for the things that are most important, don't we? Yeah, you know that. Maybe you've been mentally in and out through the talk, uh, tracking with something I said and then thinking about your family and then coming back in and then thinking about your family again. You know what? That's so great. That's good. Thinking about our families is what we want to do, but don't stop there. What we're looking for is a decision. Decide today to make time to take time, more time for your family this month, this month, just this month. Let's just start with this month, right? What can you do? Well, how about this? You're already doing it. You let your church be your best friend when it comes to developing family life and relationships. How do you do that? You get your family connected. You get them to church. You get them in community. You get in a group. You and get involved in family experience and family ministry. Now, somebody's thinking this, but, Bill, I'm single, you know, so this is like, this talk is all for families, not me. No, 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 it's not. You're part of the Christ Journey family. So get connected, get involved, get grouped up. Serving teams make awesome families for our families. And you know what I'm talking about. Instead of being isolated, get involved and be the family for somebody else's family as well. La familia por tu familia. <clears throat> Maybe you're thinking, my kids are, are too grown up. I mean, already, I, I really needed this some years back. Can I tell you something? It's never too late. It's never too late to make time, to take time for your family. I was in a Lyft, uh, you know, Uber, Lyft, uh, social media driver taking me uh, in California this week, and, um, and family came up in the conversation, and, and he told me, you know, I haven't spoken to my daughters in six years. And I wanted to encourage him to say, hey, it's never too late. Don't stop. Give it a try. You know? I mean, step in. Step up. Admit your concern. It, step into the awkward place. And just let them know that they are special to you and see where it goes. It's never too late. Something else you could do, maybe some of you, would be a mentor to someone else. Because you've been there before and you traveled the road and you might be of help to somebody else. Let us know. 
in our ministry leadership where you could make a difference for somebody else. Or maybe you could just listen to this talk again because today it was like, whoa, man, we made tracks. You could go to podcasts, you could listen to the talk again, you could take a few notes and then come up with some ideas to just use this month. Like for what? Like for a game night maybe? Or a photo album night? Or a tell your favorite family story night? Or a serve your favorite family meal night? And then at dinner time when you're sharing together, you can say, okay, well, what was your high and your low? But you don't, here's the thing. Don't tell if this was your high or your low. Just tell the experience and then let other people around the table try to figure out what would they be feeling while that was going on. So we're listening for each other's emotional connection, right? We can do this. You can do this. And your church is here to help. Your church, Christ's journey, wants to be la familia, por tu familia, the family for your family. Listen, every home needs a home away from home. And we're here to be that for you this year. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for the way that you love us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for teaching us of God's incredibly unconditional love, that we can be children in your family, and we thank you for the relationship that you have given us as your people in your church to be here for one another. And we pray your special blessing upon each of our families today, every parent, every child, every husband, every wife, every person in every place along this difficult journey we make. And we thank you that through it all, there's no place like home. And there's no place like the love you have for us to be in your home through Jesus Christ. Before I close this prayer, I want to give an opportunity for anyone who would like to renew their relationship with their Heavenly Father, perhaps come home to God for the first time in a long time, and you can do it with this prayer. Lord Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. I've been away, and I've been isolated, and I today am coming home to you. So I turn from going my way to come step back into your way and invite you to forgive my sins, fill me with your spirit, and connect me once again deeply to your church family. And friend, if you've never made a profession of faith before, then you can offer a similar prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me the way you do. Forgive my sins. Come into my life and make me part of your family as I make my prayer in your name. Amen.